Hello and welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in a modern world. Wednesday today. It is a Wednesday, and we are shockingly. I, I think, for me, you know, end of the year signals um, a rush of people needing things done, of crisis management in my in my day job. But it also leads me to, you know, the uh, problem that I have every year when I come to you and, and I'm sort of running around with my hands in the air a little bit, going, "What do I do? What do I plan?" For Christmas mm. week, because it's not just a day. Yeah, you know, I've got to, I've got to have the leftovers on Boxing Day because Boxing Day is my day where I say, you know what, I'm in my pajamas, <laughs> I'm watching what I want on telly, and I'm not budging. Yeah, and all that yummy food that is left over, but it requires a significant, well, just a sensible plan. Yeah. So I'd like you to discuss what we discuss <laughs> every year about this time. Plan. A sensible plan, but what do you do? You're coming up to a really busy time for you at work. Yeah, you've also got to try and juggle cooking for the family, mm. as does everybody. So, how do we start? What's the thing that you start with when yeah, looking sp- at? Yeah, and I suppose this is time? yeah, this is probably any larger event that maybe you're not used to doing often. Could so, be, it could be a dinner for eight people, right. Yeah, it could be Thanksgiving if you're in America. Yeah. It could be quick, uh, Christmas. It could be just a big party or, you know, maybe catching up with family and friends for the first time after lockdowns. Yeah. So for me, the first part of the process is obviously figuring out who's coming and not as in Linda's coming, Doug's coming, an actual number. Uh, so the number is probably the most important thing because from that number you then figure out, which is something that is super common these days, is dietary requirements. And oh. in my world, they're the they're the two determining factors as to what I can cook and how much I can produce. Because eight people for three courses is different to twenty people for middle of the table dining. Yes. Shared shared platters type situation, right? So mm. the, it it very much is determined by the amount of people coming, and within that, finding out their dietary requirements. Because there's nothing worse than if you're um, inexperienced or not super experienced with. I don't want to say large event, but bigger event catering other than your regular family. Um, finding out that someone can't eat this, can't eat that is allergic to this, is allergic to that, and then you've got to spend time going through figuring out what it is they can and can't eat on the day. So I think that's step one. Step two from that is I look at, uh, obviously, it's menu writing from then on. So what period of time are they going to be there? Okay, so are they coming at midday? And it's going to be, they're there all day. Or is it a set period of time because people have other things to do? Or is it going to be a dinner? Like, because the time of day will also dictate the type of food to a degree that you might want to cook. So 
the number of people, their dietary requirements and the time, or the allocated time that people have to be with you. Um, from then on, the menu writing process starts. Once I figure out those things, then we start writing a menu. And look, the menu can be anything that you want it to be. Okay, so just because the lights go out in the night sky doesn't mean you can't serve bacon and eggs if you want to. Okay, so you, that doesn't that doesn't matter. So the food that you want to serve is what you can reasonably manage. Number one. Also, probably the most important thing because what I do is plan well ahead and some of what I do to make my life easier on the actual day of the event will be done prior. And the most important factor in that is refrigeration space. So refrigeration space on Christmas is a premium because you have, you like to drink white wine, champagne. I like to drink beer. My partner likes to drink cider. Doug only drinks soft drink. So all of a sudden your fridge is now full of four different varieties of drinks and you're not going to have a bottle of wine and I'm not going to have a beer. Let's be honest, okay? So, <laughs> well, it is a special No, 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 but so, like, no, it's exactly. all, it's planning, like, it sounds silly, but refrigeration space is and we have a at a premium. And, and especially anyway. at Christmas, right, where everything is oversized, right? You have mm. chickens, you have uh, turkeys, you have ham. Everything's giant all of a yes. sudden. Right, the rest of the year, it's not. But at Christmas, everything's bigger. That's right. It does yeah. become bigger. Yes. So refrigeration space is a mm. key part of it. So what can you... Add to your dishes, what can you prep that doesn't require refrigeration space? Is it just toasting some nuts and that becomes part of a salad? And you can do that well in advance. What are the dry parts, the dry stores that you can do that don't have to be in the fridge? Yeah, so refrigeration space for me is a key because most people will have a fridge at home. Now, various people have various size fridges, right? You can get behemoth, huge, you know, quad door, double door fridges, whatever, French door fridges. But realistically, you are still operating a regular household as well amongst that. So your children are still going to want their breakfast. I'm going to still want my coffee. You know, you've still got your regular day-to-day items in your fridge. your little one's still going to want his yogurt. Yeah, exactly. So you can't just ditch your entire life to cater for Christmas. So refrigeration space for me is a consideration. Mm -hmm. Sounds silly, right? But it's a consideration. So... With all of that in mind, I then start the menu writing process and I select the dishes according to the dietary requirements and the time that people are going to be there and what I can happily produce with the appliances that I have. So, in the case of my rental at the moment, I have a single 54 centimetre hunk of rubbish, and I've spoken about this before, (laughs) gas oven, which is going to be replaced shortly, but... So I look at that and go, okay, well, I'm going to be limited as to what I can do there. But what I also have is an extraordinarily large Totally, barbecue. absolutely dope, yeah. bloody huge barbecue. And also a flat top griddle as well. So I've got mm-hmm. more variety in what I can do outside than what I can manage inside. Yes. So my food on Christmas Day would cater to that. Yes. So I look at the appliances that I've got and what I'm going to expect to get out of them. So in the, in your scenario, you've got a combi steam oven, you've got a regular oven, you've got a five burner cooktop, a relatively small fridge. You do yes. have a wine fridge, which you can also remember sacrifice, maybe not to keep 
No, 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 but maybe not to keep, maybe not no. to keep fresh fish in, but you can certainly keep some herbs, some vegetables. I do do that. I yeah. do actually do that. I do. It has been known to have in cider and softies. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so, the benefit of having yes. a, a beverage fridge is the fact that that doesn't go into your everyday refrigerator, right? So Our you're freeing isn't up. big enough for another fridge. Yeah, you're freeing up space. So um, I will then go, okay, what sort of function are we doing? Are we doing a shared table? Which is kind of, I would say, the ubiquitous Christmas type situation where big platters of food come out in the middle of the table and everyone sort of have, has at it rather than individually plated up dishes but i'm making assumptions that's, that's very common in but, now yeah and yeah. i think I, I think too in probably the states and even well, for thanksgiving like a big turkey yeah. you know you just it all goes into the middle of the table and there's yeah. a whole bunch of sides and everyone helps themselves that's so that's how i treat christmas um so write my menu look at my appliances figure out what i'm going to cook where and then from there on I take each individual item within a menu item. So if I've got six things on my menu for Christmas, glazed ham, roast turkey, roast potatoes, I'm just making stuff up off the top of my head now, some sort of salad, um, some sort of dessert, and something else, right? So from there, I break down all of the individual components of each single one. So my turkey isn't just a turkey, right? Okay, so I'm not just saying turkey as part of my, and this then becomes part of my shopping list, which then leads on to my prep list. And my prep list is then done in timeline order. So the things that are gonna take me the most amount of time sit at the top of the prep list, and generally things that you can do ahead of, ahead of time, well ahead of time, will sit at the top of my prep list. And I'll work my way down towards stuff that I can do at last minute. But my turkey isn't just turkey. So when I do a turkey, I brine my turkey. And I'm brining for two and a half days, maybe sometimes, depends on the brine solution, maybe two, maybe a day. But then I'm drying for at least two to three days, sometimes a week. So I've got a week's worth of refrigeration, an entire shelf but that is dedicated to nothing else other than having a turkey sit there and dry out. So I need to make allowances for that. But my turkey involves salt and various spices into my brine so i need to have those on my shopping list and then my first part of my prep list will be make brine solution now then it comes on to <laughs> you look you bit overwhelmed you like, but i've seen you do this i know yeah. i know exactly that you do but I, I, okay and so if we there. look at like the reasoning as to why you would go to that level of detail I go to that level of detail because when everyone walks in the door, I'm the most relaxed person there. And as long as everyone is relatively on time, I give myself a time that I want the food out. So if people are arriving at midday, everyone has a few drinks, maybe you've got a few dips and snacks and whatever just floating around. Everyone sort of helps themselves. If they're arriving at midday, I'll shoot for, and I give myself a window between 1 and one thirty. I give myself a good half an hour window of where I'm going to have the food hot and plated and at that one thirty cutoff point everyone's coming to help themselves or all the food's in the middle of the table or however you're going to set it up so I give myself a defined window but all of this stuff beforehand means that on the day when I get up on Christmas morning 
the only real things I need to do are maybe throw on the roast potatoes and whatever the hot food is situation that I'm sort of catering to, I just am dedicated to that and that's it. So I put my turkey on, I get it roasting, however I'm going to do it, whatever. Um, I've got my hand glaze, generally I would do that the night before. Um, so all of it is to make my life easier on the day because being the cook on Christmas Day, you miss Christmas if you're not organised. No, that's true. Yeah. yeah it is. So like I and I've done it myself like a million times. And I actually look, it's easier for me and I don't mind it. And the Christmas tribe that comes to our place generally every year is reasonably large. We're talking fifteen to eighteen people and they eat. Twenty. Like, twenty. Yeah, all twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the, the reason I break it down to such a level of detail is to make my life easier. Now, it's an hour's work, but the, the other point, the other key part of it is, is don't overwhelm yourself by stuff that you maybe haven't done before. Out of the six or let's say between six and ten dishes that someone might want to produce on Christmas Day, maybe at most one or two of them should be something that you've never cooked before. At most, don't go experimenting with things that you aren't experienced with on Christmas Day because all you do is put yourself under pressure. Change the recipe to suit, fine, right? But I would suggest stick to things that you know and have done well before. That's a really good idea. Because because I just... Too many people get themselves into a fluff or a kerfuffle, or whatever you want to call it. And I've seen my sister especially do this. She gets extraordinarily stressed. There's the pressure of impressing people. There's all of that sort of stuff. Mm. And if you are stressed, and I promise you this happens, if you are stressed, it shows in the end result and you are defeating the purpose of what you are trying to achieve. You can tell stressed food. Yes. You can. A stressed cook. Yeah, and a stressed cook. Someone that is stressed that is preparing the food, you can tell by the end result. And everyone goes, oh, no, no, it was really great. And they're trying to appease you and tell you it was fantastic. And you know in your heart of hearts that it wasn't as good as what you wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that those sorts of things happen is because of poor preparation. And sometimes... Uh, do you have a sort of a get out of my kitchen rule while you're yep. in there cooking? So quite, I mean, yes. depending on the house that I've been in, but previously I used to cook at my in-laws house at Christmas and myself and my father-in-law would do the bulk of the cooking. And I got to a stage because the kitchen is the gathering space, right? And more and more so with the way kitchen design is going, open sort of areas mm. the lounge room sort of meets into the kitchen meets into the alfresco outdoor area everything opens out onto each other very open space sort of living and the kitchen becomes this meeting zone which is fantastic right but when you're in the scenario of you're the only person there who's actually achieving something or trying to cook something and get food out to people the worst thing that you can have is people around you and in your space and dropping glass you know putting a drink on your cook on your bench top when you're China. You've allocated that space for something. Mm. You know, like, if you are going to have a lot of people there and you do want to allocate them jobs, put it on a list. It's, like, that simple. So, Linda's coming at 12.30. I'm going to get Linda to do this. Yeah. Here is, a, here is an exact list of what she is going to do. 
I want you to cut this, I want you to throw it in the bowl, I want you to make this salad, here's the dressing recipe, dress it at this time. Would you actually ask me to do any of that? I wouldn't ask you, but I would <laughs> like <laughs> I was looking at you thinking, you said Linda, maybe my skill level's gone up. Okay. But no, okay. no, I'm joking. Of course I would, but no, like okay. you know how to follow instruction, sort of. Sort of. No, but, I wouldn't. But, but the thing is, is so I've co- I have at the end when I was cooking at my in-laws' house for Christmas, I blocked off the whole kitchen, so no one could get into it, because it just got too much. Everyone, oh, I want a cup of tea. I want to do this. I want to do that. Yeah, and we that hard. we set up. I I got it to a stage where I would set up a drink station outside. So if anyone wanted a drink or wanted to put their drinks away, or we would set up eskies, like coolers. Mm. There's buckets of yeah. ice out there. Put your drinks out there. Don't come to the fridge. We're not interested. Like, I know it sounds mean, but the problem is is that it, it makes life no. difficult. I, I have, you know, the uh, my favourite pork belly dish that where I, first yeah. one of the first things I learned to cook and I portioned it off. It was all perfect and I had some beautiful girlfriends around for dinner and one of them just insisted on coming into the kitchen as I was finishing off the pork belly. Everything else was done. And she kept shoving her phone into my face so I could see some funny video that she wanted. And I'm like, please, yeah. take that back to the table. I'll be there in a minute. And in that fraction of a second where I turned Burnt. around to say, please, out, I'll be yeah. there in a minute. Burnt. Yeah. And I had that look on the, oh, no, Linda, it's really lovely. And I thought, no, it's not. It's like it was yeah. a fraction, yeah. a fraction of a second, and the crispy bits went. Yeah. A so and look, bad. it's not. It sounds mean, right? But just no, if, if you are, if you, if you are sort of given the responsibility to cater for a big event like Christmas, like don't just own the food part of it. Own the lot, and when I say own the lot, I mean own your space. Yes. So the rules are when you walk in, the drinks go over there. I'm not interested in drinks. Someone else can manage that. The drinks go over there. Everything's set up over there. Over there. Go over there. And when I'm done of my literally hour and a half, by the time you get there to the time you're getting fed, it's an hour and a half. People can not go into your space for an hour and a half unless you want them there. Like, it sounds cruel, but, and everyone wants to help, and I understand. But for me, it is certainly much easier, and this is m- me personally, it is certainly much easier for me to just go, okay, this is just another function and event. I've done a thousand of them. Let me do it, and then I can sit down and spend some time with you. Because if you don't let me do it now, what's going to happen is the time will drag out. I'm going to get frustrated. Things will overcook. They're not going to be the way I wanted them to be. And I'm just going to be annoyed. And I don't want to be annoyed at Christmas. So yeah. give me the space to get the job done. You've given me this responsibility to do it. Let me do it. And just and just own it. And if you want help, there's nothing wrong with getting people to help you. Nothing at all. And I would strongly suggest it. But the best way to get help especially in a smaller kitchen where you've got a lot of people is get people to bring a plate that doesn't require any cooking or any refrigeration. I was going to suggest that. I was going to say one of the things that, uh, you know, in our circle of friends, everyone, food is very, very important and everyone's happy to help and contribute. But the number of times, you know, you've, you've prepared something, but it could be still in its cooking container and you 
do I need to take servers? Mm. Do I need to take a platter? And so, you know, there's sort of, I'd like to be told, I'm not going to have anything. You need to bring everything to serve it up. Yeah. I go, okay, okay. Because now I know what I'm going to bring as well as the thing I'm cooking yeah. it in. Because often I like to finish it off, you know, if it's something hot in their oven or something. But it does help if I know whether they're going to have enough and that's the other, and that, and knives yeah. and servers. And that's the other thing in your planning too is... Is what I actually do is I will, and I mean when you're feeding twenty people, you generally have, I I we have in amongst my bigger fat lot broader family, we have a lot of platters and much yeah. like anyone, right? Yeah. But what I actually do is at the start of Christmas Day, I will go through all the platters and I put a post-it note on each one that I'm going to use with what I'm going to put on it. Oh, that's a good so idea. So this huge oval one white yeah. gets a post-it note turkey's going on that so yeah. when it comes time when you've got all the hot food coming and now you it depends where you are that. that is going on that that is going on that that is yeah. going on and it, you don't have to think about it it's just something less that you don't have to think and I've got them all sitting there stacked up and I actually take it now I'm not suggesting that people should take it to this level but I know what's coming out in what order so the first thing to come out is the first platter on top of the stack. Well, that makes sense. And then you but just work yes. your way down, but right? That's, yeah, yeah. It seems. And the only other thing that I would suggest, as far as the planning goes, with people depends on how. Look, and I'm making assumptions about how people run their events and their Christmases and stuff like that. Um, if you are going to try and cover the whole gamut of doing a, a, a large meal including side dishes and, and breads and dips and things like that, maybe, and what you'll find people that are maybe much more willing to contribute to it, things like desserts. Yes. So maybe you can relieve yourself of some pressure by going, okay, this year I'm, I'm not going to make, you know, the plum pudding or the Christmas cake or whatever. I'm just going to offload that to someone else. And so what I would do is I would look at my family or my larger family, and I know that one of my brother-in-laws and his partner, they often work on Christmas, they're doing all sorts of other things, they're busy, they don't have children, they work in the hospital system, so you know who knows what could happen. So what can I ask them to contribute that's easy for them, they're still contributing, but makes my life easier, so I get them to go and buy mince tarts. Oh, yeah. Bring some mince tarts, a yep. bunch of chocolates, and some grog. Easy. That's their contribution. Yeah. And my sister-in-law, who's quite good at desserts, I'll say to her, okay, well, bring a pavlova. Mm-hmm. Because that's not a stretch for her. Like, yeah. And it's a contribution. So I will quite often offload the dessert part of it and just focus on the main meal. Because then I'm just lessening what I have to do because once the main meal's over help yourself to the kitchen I am out and don't ask me to clean like that's it you're in your corner having your uh, favourite drink with your favourite lunch yeah, yeah. Yes. so yeah I think all what it comes down to is really solid planning figuring out like don't do it on Christmas Eve yeah like now do it now yeah do it, do it now. Yeah, do it this weekend yeah do it this weekend 
Do right, yourself a favour. And even if the, your menu changes over, you see something on TV, you see something in a magazine, oh, I really want to do that, I really want to give but it a try. try first. Give try it a try before. first, because what you'll often find is a lot of those recipes that you see might be for, you might have a yield of those recipes for three to four people. And all of a sudden, what you do is then you up it to, okay, I want to make enough for 14, 15 people. And you don't realise that by that sort of volume, you're changing some of the aspects of how it cooks. You just are because you're adding huge amounts of volume. And people's cookware at home isn't that big. Like, they don't have huge stockpots, you know, and things like that. So consider all of those things. And don't go, you don't need to go buy a new kitchen set, but just... Look at what you've got on hand and how you can maximise the use of it. If you have a really good barbecue outside, employ that. Do something on that to take the pressure off what you've got inside if you, you don't have a lot inside. If you've got more inside and not a lot outside, see if you can stick a fridge outside or some eskies or a cooler or you know a bar fridge or whatever. Get your drinks out of there. Just to free up space to focus in on what you're doing. But it's... All in the planning. And for anyone who may not think that that's all that relevant, when you take a recipe that's meant with three or four and scale it up, watch any episode of My Kitchen Rules. Because those really good home cooks, suddenly cooking for 10 or 12, and now they're always two hours late. Yeah. Because they, oh, who knew it would take this long to make 28 these thingies? Yeah. Who knew? Because I've been making three... Forever. Prime example is, and I remember it distinctly, is someone that, you know, does a single rack of lamb, four-point rack of lamb. Okay, great. Pretty simple to cook, pretty easy to do. You know, you do one of those maybe between two people, uh, if it's a small dinner, let's say, and you can churn those out pretty easily get a really good cooking result if you're doing one or two in a fry pan and then in the oven quickly and whatever. The problem is, is that quite often what people will do is seal it in a fry pan, take that fry pan, put it in the the oven. Now, here's an example of exactly this. And then they go, okay, I'm going on a cooking TV, and I'm not criticising cooking TV shows, but they go on a cooking TV show and what they do is they go, okay, so usually what I do is I sear it and then I put the fry pan in, but I can't do that because I now need to make 10. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sear it and then put it on a cold oven tray, but then I'm going to stick it in the oven for the same amount of time that I would have stuck it in when I had my hot fry pan going in. So not only have you got more volume going into the oven, which cools the oven, you also have something cold going into the oven, whereas previously you had less volume and something hot going into the oven. And everyone looks at it and goes, but I've cooked this a million times. It only takes 12 minutes in the oven, but you've added... 300% in volume and taken away temperature. And we did discuss this in preheating the oven as well. They probably didn't do that properly either. Well, who knows? Who knows? But But as an example, when you you increase volume, make allowances for time. That's a a Mm. really... I mean, we're saying that everything's bigger, right? Yes, we know a turkey takes longer to roast. A really good thing, which is super popular this year, and I don't know why it's just this year, but is is spatchcocking your turkey, so butterflying it out, so it takes less time to cook. That'd be quite a big. It's tray. still it's still a big tray, but it like. But gee, that yeah, yeah, so a lot of time. it takes less time to cook. A bit easier to carve, maybe. Yeah, potentially. Maybe. I mean, 
nonetheless, there's prep involved. But look, do your turkey and your ham and your pork and whatever you want, however you want, but understand that when you increase volume, you make a marked increase in time. Even if it's just blanching some broccolini for a salad. You want to blanch some broccolini ahead of time and dunk it into ice water. If you look at the general day-to-day, you might get a bunch of broccolini and you put it in a three-letter, maybe a two to three-letter pot of water and you do that as part of your dinner. Okay, that's great. Fine. Take you, depends on your cooktop, take you 10 minutes, right? 15 minutes to bring the water up to boil, blanch it, put a bit of dressing on it, some toasted nuts and away you go. You want to do something similar for Christmas and you've got 15 people coming, all of a sudden your pot isn't a two litre pot. You're now talking eight to 10 10 litre pot. Just that on its own is going to take triple or quadruple the time to come up to the boil and you haven't even prepped the broccoli broccolini yet. So think of it like that. Just allow yourself more time to get the dish cooked and finished, which is why things like that, doing green vegetables, blanching them the day before, putting them in iced water and getting them par-cooked is going to save you an oodle of time on Christmas Day and going to make everything easier. So there's a million sort of... And they're not hacks or shortcuts. They're proper cooking techniques, but there's... Consider what you can do ahead. Mm. Christmas, Christmas Eve, realistically, should be the busiest cooking day of your year. Not Christmas Day. Well, there you are. Because, no, you're right. Yeah. In fact, probably the two days before Christmas, and then I knock off at dinner time Christmas Eve. Yeah, and well, Go out to the lovely. Well, it depends how fast you are and how much friends. you're doing and all the yes. rest of it. But I think for like, if you are doing a large no, crowd, right. hmm. the day before is busier than the day. Yes. Should be. Otherwise, you are already in the shit. Totally. And there's 15 or, people looking at you, going, "Hello, can yeah. we help?" Yeah. Because you can obviously see that you're not coping, so let me take over. Yeah. And I love that as well. It's like, no, I'm fine. Just please. Yeah. But yeah. Well, thank you for that. Well, That's... I don't know how like concise or helpful it was, but plan, 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 plan is the, is the key. I'm going to listen to this again. Prior preparation prevents something poor performance. Oh, you're, you're so trying. <laughs> but that's... Uh, we'll think of that. Yeah. But uh, thank you for that. Now, that's... That is... You and I talk about this every year at this time of the year. And, uh, and you'd be amazed at the, the amount of phone calls I get. I, like, and it, I not, know. I've not now, that. though. No, on not, the day. Not now. On the day. Yeah, on the, the day. day <laughs> on the, the day. On the day you do. Hello. And I'm like, it's too late, you man. Could, one, didn't someone ask you about roasting it? Like, I've got... Someone sent us something at Cooking with Steam where, hi, I've got 10 people arriving yeah, yeah, and yeah. I've got some pork. yeah. Um, they, they're here in a couple of hours. What should I do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Go out. Yeah. Because there's no way 10 people, you can start from scratch now and they're arriving to eat in two hours. Yeah. Like it's really. just, yeah. And or an hour. It was that, something really small. I thought, yeah. wow, that guy. That probably more comes back to not only the planning and preparation, but also familiarity with what you're cooking. That's super important. Like I know we don't, in Australia particularly, we don't cook turkey that often. And yes, that's one that most people will want to cook on Christmas Day. Then get yourself familiar with the recipe that you've chosen. Doesn't mean you have to go out and cook it, but understand 
play it out in your head how it's going to take. Don't be looking up, don't be Googling on Christmas. I'd love to see the Google stats on Christmas Day for how long do I cook my turkey for. And how do I make the gravy? Yeah. And what's the stuffing? Yeah. So don't be doing that then. Understand that, okay, 500 grams of turkey or every pound of turkey is going to take this long in the oven if it's set at this temperature. Understand all, have all of that info in front of you. If you need to, put stuff up on the wall, like put your recipes up on the walls, put, you know, key points up on the walls, write it on paper, get it up in front of you so you're not searching around. The more time you end up doing that stuff, the less time you're concentrating on what you're actually trying to achieve, which is get food on the table. Or like I have done in the past, as you know, one vital ingredient was missed out on something that I want to prepare because I haven't written the recipe out properly and made sure it was on my shopping list. There, yeah. ergo, go no eggs in the cake. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no, you're right. Well, that thank old you. Chestnut. That old, it just keeps giving, <laughs> doesn't yeah, it? Well, thank you for that. And uh, so, everybody, we hope you uh, have learned something about planning out for any big event, especially the ones that are coming up. Yeah. Do it. Soon this month and uh, later next month. And um, until next time, happy cooking. Happy cooking. Happy planning. Happy planning. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world. We'd love you to subscribe. And for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com. Thank you.